0: Coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California, promoting peace, healthy living and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gahn-Mueller. Hello, I'm Barbara Gahn-Mueller. I welcome you to our next 20 minutes. You're listening to peacepodcast.org. This is our time to have a wake up call about peace with the environment, about peace with our natural world. You know, I lived in Costa Rica for 17 years. The nature next to me was my friend, but I'm not so sure all of us had that luck and the love of nature. Nature and the world that we need today is our topic. How can we make peace with the environment? What is the situation of climate? What are we doing? And how do we not give up hope? Our guest today is Dr. Peter Carter. He's a practicing, was a practicing family physician. He practiced both in England and in Canada. And in 1988, I'm assuming that's the year, when his sons were born, or they might've even been born sooner, he decided I have to do something. It's time that I work for the environment, work against nuclear weapons, work against the proliferation of nuclear weapons. And so that's how your career began. Am I correct, Dr. Peter Carter? And welcome to our Peace Podcast.
1: Thank you for um, uh, flashing my life before me. (laughs) was interesting thank
0: you (laughs) well you know i i saw you on youtube i've seen you on many of your programs with the various conferences that you have had keynotes at and i've been your fan for quite a while and i feel the wisdom that you bring to us is really valuable right now and i would like to ask you to begin with what is the state of our climate and the environment today but first i'm going to tell you a story when my husband served at the united nations Sweden came to him and they said, Dr. Mueller, we have acid rain. We have things on our planet and in our community that are dangerous to the health of our children. And we just had a conference on the biosphere and nobody came. And he said, well, of course they didn't come. Who knows what the biosphere is, that thin little crust around the earth. If you wanna get people, you have to have people come to a bigger name for it. So they had a little meeting. And in this meeting, this woman said, let's call it the environment, what's around us. And Robert said, we don't even have a word environment. And that's where the word was born and the United Nations in a small group of people. So what is the state of our environment today, Peter?
1: Well, um, what I try and do is follow the science um, because I have a scientific and medical background. And I try my best to communicate the dangers um, uh, of our world. But that's just, that's just what I used to do for my whole career as a doctor. So that's what I'm up to. The state of the world, um, we have bigger and bigger, um, more and more uh, conferences. United Nations assessments, and it is a continual litany of um, pollution and destruction. Uh, I call it a cosmic tragedy that I am watching, certainly over the past you know, 10, 20 years, um, because this wonderful, wonderful planet um, uh, that a lot of people call Mother Earth, and when I was a boy in England, we talked about Mother Nature. Um, a, a lot of our understanding and a lot of the our cultural basis on, on nature, environment, um, earth, we have lost. And that's tragedy as well. Um, after all, you know, we've sent our... Rockets up to space, you know. We've uh, probed this, you know, this universe, and one of the things we've learned is that there is no other life out there. So, um, the um, the ancients, as people call them, uh, and and the indigenous people, the first nations in uh, in Canada, for example, uh, they have an understanding which now is way better than our understanding because we have all of these reports and they're terrible. Um, uh, what I've been doing for the past 15 years, I've called telling the terrible truth. Unfortunately, it's got more and more terrible, but, um, those of us like you were, uh, talking about before we started, who, who never give up, who just continue, right? Um, uh, talking about the things that really need to be talked about, the things that really, really matter. And there, of course, is the joining of um, the peace movement. Um, decades ago, I was very active in the IPPNW. Physicians that banded together around the world um, to uh, achieve um, disarmament, but you know what we did was Um, We explained to people the danger of nuclear weapons. They didn't actually understand. Mm -hmm. And the terrifying thing was when we realized that our governments didn't understand. Right. Right. So there's a there's a big similarity there between the threat of war, which is constantly with us. We're an economy of war and um, the uh, the threat of which is constant, too. Um, constantly increasing the threat of global climate catastrophe. So they're definitely linked in that way.
0: And that's what you're talking about, Peter. With the truth, it shall set us free. We need that truth. We need to know where we are today. And um, as my husband at the United Nations, as I I shared that story, he kept he said if you think it's bad now he would say he spent 40 years at the united Nations. you should have seen it what what it was like when the french were shooting the germans and i was in alsace lorraine and i mean he said we're always going to have problems but the secret to life is to never give up is that right peter is that what you're saying why you always speak to rotary clubs and you speak to whatever conferences want you
1: Yes, we, we, as a, you know, we're the information society. We, we think we know a lot. Um, um, our culture society, we think is the best there's ever been in human history. Um, the truth is that we don't know very much. We don't know very much at all in the sense of the head and the heart together. Um, and we do not know, as I say, what is most important about life. What's most important about life, all of life, well, all of life together. Right?
0: All of life together. And We're dependent on each other. We're interdependent on the seas and the oceans yeah. and the animals and the little insects and the ants and the flies. They are all part of our environment. And if we destroy the bees, like my sister said on the telephone this morning, you have bees? I said, absolutely. You should see them buzzing around my zucchini squashed blossoms. She said, we hardly have any bees left in San Diego. And I said, well, maybe you just don't have enough nature. And I think we're destroying nature in efforts to house people, in efforts to do things that may bring a profit. And maybe we have to step back a way, step back aside, step on the side and take a look. When the bees come to my house, I I plant trees to attract them. I plant loquat trees because I love the symphony of the bees. When my loquat trees bloom, I stand under the trees and I listen to the symphony of the bees. I even record the symphony of the bees. These are the bees making sure that our nature produces fruit for me, that our nature produces zucchini, squash, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a harmony that we're looking for now, isn't there? A harmony with nature and the well-being of all humans. And as you begin to tell me your story again about how you became so involved in this, I see there's a pattern, a pattern of information, action, and then sustainability. So what actions can we take today? Awareness, information, persuasion to do something. What is that? What does that mean? Method- well, first
1: of all, people have to, people have to be interested. And um, uh, there's been a huge reluctance. Um, and again, there's a similarity. Um, There was uh, when we were involved in the, you know, nuclear uh, threat, nuclear disarmament, you know, with tens of thousands of nuclear weapons, completely insane. Right. Um, uh, We had to give people some scary news. And um, uh, they did. A lot of people rallied and joined our groups and had marches and demanded that their governments. Uh, get rid of these terrible terrible killing machines and uh, here we are in the same boat today um it's it's pretty ironic to me um uh, um you know when the when the ukraine obscenity started yes and started getting worse and worse and worse um uh, i thought oh my god i've gone back 50 years this is this is this is crazy you know um the um the there's two essentials. One is that we have to understand our economy because our economy drives our destruction and our pollution. We have a crazy e- economy. Um, the economics that calls itself a science is absolutely ridiculous. You know, we, I'm, many many I mean uh, many people have written about this. the um the economy that depends, on constant what they call growth, which is constant manufacturing of stuff, right? And now that stuff is, um, you know, it's trivia, trivia, right? But we are pouring it out. And uh, so here we are, we've known, or a lot of people have told us for a long, long time that it does not make any sense. It is practically a suicide mission. You know, to have a a drive, to have a principle that what we are going to do is extract more and more and more out of nature, right, manufacture more and more and more stuff, and we just keep going. We just keep doing it. The the result of that is um, degradation of nature. Um, You know, we got the news just yesterday. That the um, uh, Amazon rainforest, the uh, destruction, the clearing of the Amazon rainforest was a, another record amount. Mm. Um, look, um, uh, you know, I, I've certainly lived long enough that I know that life, nature is disappearing all around us. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I know that personally, I live in Victoria, British Columbia. I remember when I came to uh, um, to this fabulous place It's one of the biodiversity hotspots, one of the great riches of of nature on the planet. Um, It's practically. um, uh, um, Well, it is just so, so, so different. So I constantly think um, of uh, children. Everybody loves children, but nowadays we're a little bit challenged. How how do we love our children, right? Um, Because we're we're leaving them a wrecked planet right now. So people really, really need to wake up, but to wake up, they need to understand, right? And they need to understand the huge threats to our life, to our comfort, for our security, our very future we need to be willing because of our children primarily and because of all future generations we need to be willing to wake up and take a good hard look at that
0: i love because
1: because if we don't um we just continue on the same path as we're doing i mean i i monitor what are called the um climate change indicators there's about 10 of them ocean acidification and uh, the greenhouse gas concentrations and uh, coal production and oil production all of these indicators not only are the highest they've ever been they're increasing at the fastest rate that they have ever increased so um there's a block somewhere i mean all of this information is available years ago I said to myself sort of uh, in a sort of ironic black joke I I, I, I said you know where we are monitoring we're examining everything about our planet and we're discovering in ever finer detail an ever greater certainty that that planet as you say that we depend totally on is being degraded and destroyed. Mm -hmm. And um, a long time ago, it was kind of a a dark joke. It's not a joke anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, um, uh, It's happening and it's happening at a rate that nature cannot adapt to. Mm -hmm. Our Brethren are, you know, um, we're all one, right? I mean, life is all one, right? So we, uh, and, but the difference about human beings is that they're not actually interdependent. That's what we used to say some time ago, and that was good. But the fact is, we're totally, we are totally dependent, right, on all other life that brought us to where we are today. So um, education is, um, is always the number one top answer to any of our big solutions. It tends to get missed out right? Mm -hmm. It always has to be on top.
0: Well, when the uh, Swedish people came to my husband at the United Nations and they said we are having acid rain and our rivers are polluted, he said, well, you know, the only thing that will Help people change their minds is a big gun. What's a big gun? A big conference, a conference where you bring the leading scientists together and they start to look at the issues. And then he did the Rio de Janeiro conference. And at that point, when he did the Rio de Janeiro conference that you may be aware of, there were no people. Oh yeah, very much. That. Yes, I'm not surprised. And and no one was really. They didn't have any environmental people in the communities. They just didn't have them. They didn't have them. A, Charter for the United Nations, you know, these things that we know what was the charter of the United Nations founded on the avoidance the scourge of war to avoid all future wars we're going to have to have a charter for nature and I did make one myself that. If we have the same priorities, that we will not destroy nature at all costs. Simple little combination of not destroying nature and letting nature regenerate itself, because it will come back if we leave it alone. So anyway, if you want to know more about Peter Carter, Dr. Peter Carter, our illustrious guest today, he is a co-author of the book, the, uh, let's see, the name of the book, Unprecedented Crime climate science denial and the game changers for survival. Game changers for survival. What if we each were become that game changer in our community? Does everybody really need a refrigerator? Does everybody really need a washing machine or a lawnmower? I mean, we are a community that should be dependent on each other for some of the things that take up so much of our resources. So I wanted to tell you lastly, Peter, I'm going to give you the last word in a minute, but what you should be doing today, viewers, is pay attention to what Peter said. Pay attention to him on YouTube. He has a mission. His mission now is to spread the full truth about the extreme risks and magnitude of the global climate and ocean disruption emergency and its impact. And this will get you his impact on food security, our health. In our survival if you have one goal today it is look around you pay attention what is it robert always said to people they would say oh dr Mueller, you're so smart i just live in timbuktu and what can i do he said look at everything you do and multiply it by the number of people on the planet if everybody did that would we have a planet left think about it if everybody multiplied it by the 6 billion people or how?" How many people do we have on the planet now dr carter is it nine billion i can't even remember
1: No, oh, no it's not it's not nine yet um it's seven and a half i think approximately
0: Yeah, well, well, it's
1: still going up i mean it has it has slowed down a lot yes you know um uh, um paul ehrlich you know wrote his his great book the population bomb and um, uh, um at stanford and and by the way his team at stanford um uh, produced one of the most important publications ever and uh, that was the publication that confirmed that we are in the sixth mass extinction that our our way of life right primarily our economy driven by the big huge corporations right very important to understand that that what's happening in the world everywhere is primarily driven by the big corporate banks and the big fossil fuel corporations. The thing to understand, and it took me decades and decades and decades, is to understand our what is called our perverse economy, our all-consuming economy that is consuming everything, and to understand that um, that is driven by the, um, by the monetary situation. So it, it was an amazing statement, wasn't it, 2,000 years ago? when there was very little money around that a few wise people got together and they said, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil. Today we have been put in a position where we are dependent on money. And that happened. And we have not noticed in actual fact, what that's done to us and what that's done to the world. Hmm? Because we have these, we've allowed these massive powerhouses of corporations to develop,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they influence absolutely everything in our life now. So that's something to to understand as well. Now there are some great environmental organizations um, uh, who put out every year how much money the uh, these banks right are funding. The fossil fuel industry, trillions and trillions of dollars. But our governments are doing the same. Our governments are subsidizing the fossil fuel industry, um, trillions of dollars, five trillions of dollars, according to the IMF. That's so these wild, are things wild. I try and these are things yeah. I try and communicate as well. Um, I guess I think sort of like a physician still. Um, there's uh, there's lots of um, systemic disorders in our culture in our society that we need to diagnose and we need to correct so um uh, as you well know um uh, it's a uh it's a job it is a job never 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 gets up it never lets up and it we doesn't never let, let up
0: and it's not going to let up until the masses. And I think it's only 3.5% of us have to shape up. And if with 3.5% of us shape up, we'd have this paradigm shift. And I think we're ready. There are so many people who watch these podcasts who will get your wisdom and they'll say, Did you know that Peter Carter said? And listen to this. Now, this is the time for you to gather information, the wisdom of Dr. Peter Carter, and also to pay attention. What kind of conversations are you having? You know, we get caught up in conversations about a TV show. What if you got caught up in a conversation with some friends and you watch this video today and you brought them together and you had a conversation about what can we do in our neighborhood? What can we do in our city? You know, I am...
1: I want to interrupt you, Barbara, because you have put your finger on the number one thing and it's conversation. Mm. The big deal, which will make the big difference, is people getting together and simply talking about these issues and talking about these problems. It's not happening at all.
0: It's not. People
1: are not talking, people are not talking about making peace in Ukraine.
0: Right, right.
1: They don't I'm get it. About- They're looking um, at it in the old yeah. sort of war economy way. Yes. They don't, they um, They. they shouldn't be listening to you. <laughs> and then they'd get, you know, um, uh, they should be listening how they can to you. get involved.
0: Well, you Mentally,
1: they're be- getting involved in, in quite the wrong way. They're getting it's involved in this home. horrible, destructive war paradigm. People
0: are not giving them the opportunity to be heard or to have a conversation. That's why I wrote the book, Revolutionary right. Conversations. Right. How to have that conversation if the people on the table next to you are eating dinner with you they have the opposite view let them it's okay that's where they come from but what is your role your role is to pay attention and use the stop help ask risk risk and explore just say i hear you can i can i ask you a question tell me where that what is that based on how are you feeling don't say i have an opinion that will prove that you're wrong you don't have any conversation then all you have is an enemy and we don't want enemies now we want people on the same page. We want to have that conversation. Get the courage to have the conversations that matter. And listen, we had a Republican when Trump was elected and a Democrat have a conversation in one of our workshops they were so against each other you wouldn't have believed it by the time we had used the tools in the revolutionary conversation they were almost crying because they realized they had so much in common but they had to discover yeah. that they didn't hate each other first and they had to listen to each other right. and when they right. did the whole co- the 45 people sitting there in this circle began to weep because they saw that there's a magic in conversations, Peter, and that's my goal. This podcast is to wake you up, to wake up people, to watch Peter, to have conversations about some of the facts he gave to you, some of the facts that you probably knew, but now you have the evidence that they're true. And with that, Peter, I'm gonna ask you to give us the last word today. What would you like us, our audience to do besides have a conversation?
1: Or the last word, Um, work on yourself Mm. with your goal to live a life of non-violence, which is a life of peace. But there's um, there's too much, way too much violence in our world. Um, We have violence as entertainment, right? Yes. I mean, you just have to watch the television and all these terrible games Mm. that young people are playing. We were trying to stop this, of course, you know, decades and decades ago in our anti-war, you know, disarmament movement. But it comes down to um, um, understanding that uh, the the road to peace and peace is a vision, right?
0: It is.
1: Humanity has always, always had, always had. And it's a great because that binds us together, right? But to do it, To do it, we have to say, I'm going to live a life without violence. And um, that's the path to go on.
0: What a beautiful statement. I'm going to live. The life of nonviolence. There are so many examples of people who have gone before us on whose, on whose shoulders we stand that nonviolence changed the way a planet may go. And I'm going to make sure it happens. The most be- we, are, we were born in the most beautiful paradise in the universe with the humanity living in peace, well-being, and utmost happiness. With the words that Peter Carter gave to us today, that's our goal. Have a conversation how you can bring peace into your family, into your neighborhood, maybe even in the grocery store when you're visiting and you're buying what you need. Maybe that's a place that needs your peace. As those 85 speakers from the 2016 World Peace Conference told me, peace begins with me. And then I add and starts with the conversation, as Peter Carter said today. Dr. Peter Carter, I thank you for the wisdom you brought to our podcast. And I thank you for carrying on this feeling that we can do something it's not that hopeless if we pay attention now he talked you he talked you about the way to begin and with that i say thank you again peter it's been an honor to interview you and to have you on peacepodcast.org. I'm Barbara and Invite two friends, not three, just two. Two friends. Sit down and watch this podcast together and have that conversation. And with that, I say thank you. We're now on our 86th podcast. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can watch us on iTunes. I listen to us in, on YouTube. It's up to you to make the difference our world needs to do. day. I said our world needs today to do the right thing it takes courage. Thank you.